Oh, yes. This is the Antonio Neves Show. You guessed correctly. I am Antonio Neves. I'm the founder of Allies of Glory. I am the author of Stop Living on Autopilot. And even cooler, I am a husband and the father of twins. Hey, you are in for a ridiculous treat today because I'm sharing with you an inside glimpse of an expert session from my private membership community, Allies of Glory. Allies of Glory is a community with people from all across the world where we show up every single month to upgrade the areas of our life that matter most. I deliver a training each month. We have an expert session each month. We have office hours. We have weekly challenges. It is phenomenal and people are getting amazing, real results. And what I want to do is give you a quick inside glimpse in this episode to an expert session. I bring in amazing experts from across various fields, various industries to share their insight, their expertise with allies. And recently we were joined by Bassam Tarazi. Now, Bassam Tarazi is an expert finisher. He knows how to finish, how to get things done. He's the founder of the Ready, Set, Finish framework, which has helped thousands upon thousands of people finish what matters most to them. You name any type of project and they have finished it. Basam is the author of the amazing book, Borders, Bandits, and Baby Wipes. He talks about this journey he took in a car, a very small car, all the way from London to Mongolia. It's wild. Uh, Bassam has traveled to over 70 countries. He scaled places like Mount Kilimanjaro and got to Everest Base Camp and has trekked the Alaskan Denali. I mean, you talk about the most interesting person. Straight up, Bassam is one of the most interesting people that I know. And in this episode, we talk about how how to finish. Just a few gems that Bassam shared in this conversation. He talks about how it's so critical to be a scientist of our own life. He talks about how we must earn, yes, earn the right to quit. Something he said that stopped all allies in their tracks, and it was a great reminder, is to never quit on a bad day. And something else I love that he said is to do less than you're capable of consistently consistently, right? That That's the game changer right there. You're going to love this episode. Before we get to it, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Decision Maker Career Coaching System. If you have a decision you've been thinking about making in your career, whether or not you want to quit your job, should you stay at your job? Should you change industries? Should you go back to school? Should you maybe start your own company Go on a a year sabbatical and travel the world. The Decision Maker Career Coaching System in less than 15 minutes with 25 master coach designed questions, you will come to an answer. Even better, it's free. The Decision Maker is helping people like nobody's business. Hundreds of people have gone through it and the results have been great. And once again, it's free for now. So make sure you go to the show notes and check out the Decision Maker Career Coaching System and to learn more about the Allies of Glory community where people work every single month to upgrade the areas of their life that matter most. Go to the show notes as well to check out the Allies of Glory. Okay, let's get into this conversation with Bassam Tarazi. You're going to catch it already 
in progress with Basam sharing a few things. So you're going to love this episode. Buckle up, dig in and get ready for some magic. The voice you hear right off of the top is Basam. Really getting anything done at any moment of any day is prioritizing discomfort. Somehow, some way, you have to do something that is not a guarantee that you do not know that finish line and you got to try anyway. That's finishing, prioritizing discomfort. I joke, what's the author's name? I am drawing a blank. It'll come to me in a second. Famous author, but he would, he would wake up 45 minutes before he had to start work every day. John Grisham. John Grisham. He was a practicing lawyer. He was a state representative in the state of Mississippi. He was a father of two. He was a husband all at the same time. And he wanted to write. So he wrote 40 minutes every morning, right? And that book ended up being a time to kill all that writing. But what we don't actually realize is that to wake up 40 minutes early, he had to go to bed 40 minutes earlier, which means he was prioritizing the discomfort of waking up early over watching a TV show or a game that night, right? Before. And so it's always making that decision of this is not comfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. So there's no shortcut to finishing. There's no guarantee to finishing. There's no Bassam. How can I snow plow? How can I vanilla sky Tom Cruise and keep all the cars away from Times Square while I run through to the other side? Because that's my vision over there. And I'm going to keep the world away. World doesn't wait. World doesn't care. Right. You still but you have to do it anyway. And so that's part of the challenge. And we'll get into, I'm sure, with the questions about how I'm hell bent on you have to own your verbs in life. I, I, everything we, we describe ourselves as nouns. We talk about nouns. But you are your verbs. Every minute of every day, you are enacting some sort of verb, um, whether you're napping, sleeping, writing, drinking, whatever you're doing. And we have to try like hell to be the masters and in control and intentional with the verbs that we are doing at any given moment. And if you can own your verbs more often than you had the day before, you're going to finish more often than you think you can. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So even from there, I want to ask you a question about attacking discomfort, because one thing I know about Basam is Basam does what he wants to do. Basam doesn't do what you want him to do. Like I learned that early on. That's pretty interesting. And one thing I I think it's it's fair enough to call you Basam, you're very disciplined. Like Basam is the kind of guy that eats the same breakfast every single morning. If it's lunchtime, Basam is going to eat lunch and you're not going to interrupt him while he eats lunch. If Basam says he's going to do something, he does it. I want to give you a great example of what a good friend is. Years ago, we're both living in New York City. We go out for a happy hour or for an event. And I remember telling Basam earlier in that evening, like, I got to get back home because I need to finish X, Y, or Z project. And you know what happens? You have a beverage with some friends and you're about to go, but then that peer pressure shows up and they say, hey, come on, just have one more. Just have one more. And I almost acquiesced and I was ready to have one more. And as we all know, at least for I speak for myself, one more typically leads to three more in my case. As I was about to have one more, Basam confronted me in a good way. And he basically said to me, hey, man, you don't owe these people anything. He says, are they going to finish that project for you that you told me you needed to finish? He was like, you don't need to him and I'll get out of here. Go do what you need to do. And that was like, one of those moments when I was like, whoa, if y'all remember uh, when we talked about the type of allies we need in our life, and I said one person, is a, you need the bruiser. I call this person the bruiser. For me, that's Basam. And like, he gave me that permission, like, no, I'm going to bounce. I'm going to go. And that, that meant so much to me. 
So I'm just curious for you, Bassam, what has allowed for that type of staunch, I'm, I'm even going to say militaristic yeah. discipline? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's, um, I had this, this sense of the strong pull towards intentionality of trying to, like I said, own as many verbs as I can and being a person of my word. I think back in the financial crisis of, of 2007 and 2008, I was in a moment where I lost my job and I didn't really have a lot of prospects on the horizon. And that when I was in that moment, I was kicking rocks, right? And I was asking the world to do something for me, right? How is this going to work out for me? How is this going to work out for me? And I remember just feeling in that moment, like not in control. And so I started, I had to create for myself little bits of just how can I own something today? What can I do today? What can I control and own and finish today? And I think it was this, I'm accountable for my own happiness. And it was this, this moment that was like, the world doesn't care. The world doesn't care about me. And the world is pawing for my attention. Every email I get, every text I get, every, hey, do you got a second? Every, right? Everybody wants my attention. Now, I can't be so much of an ass that I don't have relationships with friends and family, whatever. But at some point, I have to discern, it, do I allow this person to interrupt me? Who's owning my interruptions? And so, yeah, I think Antonio's right. Like, I'm definitely someone that I will, I will not do something that I don't want to do within reason. Right. If I if I have to go to a funeral because I have to go to a funeral, I'll, I, I go. But more often than not, I don't feel pulled because I have to or just because somebody asked. Right. I mean, I have to somehow put out those those blockers and say, well, wait a second. What did I want to get done today? Like, does this person's needs, does it trump my desires and what I need to get done? And it's not black and white. Right. There are some things you just have to do because, you know, it's friend, family and you got to get it done. But the world will find a way to kill your time. If you don't put up a boundary, it'll easily take TV shows and Netflix, whatever app you're using. Somebody spent a lot of time, a whole group of people sitting on their ass, not being interrupted to launch something so that you can use it and you can now stay on your ass and not do the thing that you want to do. Right. And when you think about it that way, everybody wants you to do what they want you to do. So it takes a just a lot of work to say, I'm going to spend this time doing what I want to do. And the reason why that's hard is. Because doing what you want to do is sometimes uncomfortable as hell. You might want to write, but you start writing for five minutes and you're like, man, I don't even know what I'm saying. This sucks. And it's like in that moment where you just want to bail because you wrote for five minutes, it's like, no, sit there for 25 more minutes and figure out why this is messy. Figure out what you're hiding. Figure out. And it's that moment where you become a finisher or not, right? Because excuses are easy. It's easy to find a, a ripcord. They're everywhere, left, right, and center. And so some, somehow, some way you have to put your foot down and say, I'm going to own this verb for a small amount of time and see what happens. I mean, that's, that's literally as small as it gets. Owning a verb for like 30 minutes. I want to come back. That? I want to come back to the small amount of time for a quick second. That's something really you're, you're very intentional about. We're going to talk specifically about finishing in one second. <clears throat> prior, to we, prior to talking about finishing, I just want, I'm curious what has chasing, if, if I can put it that way, man, what has chasing discomfort taught you? As I mentioned, Bassam takes unique vacations. Yes, he takes nice vacations with his wife as well. He's based in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest now. But I also know many of your travels, many of your adventures, again, aren't the sit on the beach type of travels. They're, they're efforts, they're things that you have to earn. Why have you chosen those, that approach to your vacation days, the limited ones that you get, and what has it taught you? Yeah, I, I, I think there's a, uh, a sense of that, you know, there is no change. There is no growth without discomfort. You have to get through the discomfort first. The world is trying to tell you, oh, you can skip this. You can skip that. This is convenient. You can, this is a faster way to get there where you don't have to 
stress. And I think I found it's never really true, right? You're going to pay to be uncomfortable at some point. So I'm kind of like, I'm just going to choose it. If I can own that discomfort and I be the, I be the, be the, the, the decider of this is, this is what's going to happen. A, what happens most of the time is it's not as uncomfortable as you thought it would be. The unknown isn't so bad, right? You learn what you're capable of. I always say it's amazing what you're capable of when you have to find out what you're capable of. That's why I like a lot of these trips. I had a TED talk about planned grit, right? It's this idea that I am purposely putting myself into some hard thing. Think about people who run marathons or, or 5Ks, whatever that is for anybody, right? You are doing this thing because you want to see what you're made of, right? You want to see, like, can I do this hard thing? And that builds confidence, right? Track records of do, I call it. If you can build a track record of do, what you remind yourself is the next time you have a hard thing that you're facing, you're like, yeah, I know this is hard. I don't know how I'm going to get to the finish line, but I'm going to be okay because I've done hard things before, right? You have proven to yourself that you've been able to do hard things. And it's really like in dealing with the unknown, you know, that that's really where we struggle is we want to predict and guarantee what's going to happen if we finish, right? We predicted the tides, the season, and the crops, and we think we can predict our own lives. And so we say, I will start, I will finish when I can guarantee. I just need to, 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 to handle these few things that I need to block off, and then I will do it. It's not really, that's not really how it works. So I have, I have ceded control to the universe that the universe is going to throw stuff in my way that I could not have prepared for. And I have convinced myself over years of doing it that I'm going to be okay, right? That I'm going to get to a point where I will just have to make a new decision, a decision that I could not have prepared for at all, but know that once I get there, I will make a new decision and I will then go a new route and everything's going to be fine. So I think Antonio, by, by why I put myself in front of harm's way, I kind of like it. There's a little bit of this masochism maybe in me about how I, how I like to learn lessons, but it's also a muscle that allows me to prepare for the unplanned grit in life, right? When things come your way that you're just like, whether what's happening in your relationship or work or whatever it is that you remind yourself of, hey, I'm going to get through this because I've gotten through something similar uh, in the past. Yeah, you're being really kind calling me Antonio, by the way. Basam calls me T yeah, or T Nevs. <laughs> uh, briefly, where were you, speaking of discomfort, where were you where you were stopped at a border and then you were accused of being a spy or espionage? Uh, that was on the Kazakhstan-Russian border, uh, trying to enter Russia. Yeah, and they accused me of being a spy. And yeah, you know, having to navigate. All right, how am I literally second, second by second? Like, what is my, what are my options of how I respond to this question? What are my options of how I respond to that question? And uh, yeah, talk, I mean, that was that was unplanned grit. I mean, I, I put myself there because I was trying to drive to Mongolia, but that was something that I was I was not prepared for. But I also, yeah, I'm addicted to the story of it. My grandfather said, you know, live an interesting life because no one wants to talk to an old man with no stories to tell, that all these things are are, are fun stories to, to, to talk about. But it, it means I interacted with the world, right? I mean, it's like, hey, I went out there, I tried. I got some some dirt under my fingernails. Some things didn't work out uh, how I had hoped, but but that's okay. But that's okay. That's okay. I right, get ready to ask your questions. What do you have with Bassam? Uh, but first and foremost, Bassam, let, let's, let's, let's shift into the finishing, getting things done. His, your, your course, Ready, Set, Finish, is phenomenal. I've taken it right now. Registration is closed, but I'll put a link in, the, in, our, in our notes so everyone has access to that. Before we even talk about how to finish, is, is there one or, or two things or, or mistakes that you say people make when it comes to trying to finish something that, that they say is important to them? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think a lot of times 
there is this like we are not recognizing. Let me see. How do I how do I want to put this? We think we know what the finish line is going to bring, right? So we 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 think we know. Like I want to write a book. No, you don't. You think you want to write a book, right? So all of a sudden, by somebody saying that I want to write a book, all of a sudden they're attaching their identity, right? And all the then then we're already screwed, right? We're attaching our identity to something that doesn't exist yet, that isn't a guarantee, and oof, that's a tough start, right? Right away. So this surety, I think some people like feeling like I I need to put my 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 foot down and guarantee that finish line. And I've always said like, nah, man, it's just a guess, you know. Just, just try to finish the next 30 minutes. Forget about writing a book. Try to write 500 words for 10 days in a row. Try that. If you kind of enjoy that, if you got through it, yeah, maybe a book is on the other side of that. And I think another thing that's been coming up a lot lately is that every excuse we have for not being able to finish, everything we say, no matter what we say, right? I didn't know enough. I wasn't ready. I don't have enough time, blah, 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 blah. It's all masking of fear. There's fears of failures, fears of success, fears of being let down, all that kind of stuff. And you can break all those down to one thing. It's a fear of change. It's a fear of a change in status, expectation, responsibility, what someone might think of us, what, what we might think of ourselves. So I think people don't realize how strong the pull of homeostasis is. Even if you have a life and, and, and there's days you might hate your job, but it'll, if you know what's coming that next day, you'll sometimes just stay there. If you, yeah, you'll complain about it, but at least it's a guarantee and you kind of know what's coming that next day. And for a lot of us, we'd rather stay in a crappy situation we can relatively predict than doing something that might put us in a better, a better situation that we can't. So I think we sometimes misconstrue our fears for sure. And I think there's other people who want a guarantee of their motivation to finish that thing in order to start. So those are two that have come up a lot lately for sure. That's a good one. And something else you and I have talked about, and you always make me laugh when you say this, and when, you, when people identify the things they want to finish, you, you ask some good questions. Like, are, are you sure? Like, do you really want to finish the book or do you want to say you wrote a book? Yeah. Like it, you say, we talk a lot about speakers. <laughs> we talk, you speak, I speak. We talk a lot about speakers. He's like, most people, you don't want a speaker. You, you don't want to be a speaker. You've said you want to walk on the stage and have people clap for you. Exactly. Those you don't are want to write a book. Exactly. You <laughs> want to walk into a room and have people clap. That, that's what people want. You don't want to write a book, which is the present tense, right? I want to write a book. That means you have to do this and this and this. No, you want to have written a book, right? That's what people think of when they say, you don't want to write a book. Who the hell wants to write a book? It's murder. It's not fun. You want to have it. You don't want to, you don't want to climb a mountain. You want to have climbed a mountain. No one wants to run a marathon. You want to have run a marathon. And so when we state a goal, we're actually getting addicted to the high we imagine it would feel like when we get there. And that is troublesome, right? That's a problem because that is an external thing that we cannot guarantee. We cannot control that. And so that, uh, especially when it comes to writing, Antonio has, has, has written books. I've written books. We both, and I'm not trying to say like we are somehow superheroes because we've written books, but it is a slog and you have to enjoy putting words together when no one's looking, you know? And, and on a Wednesday night, you know, you're, you're editing sentences. If you don't like doing that with your free time, writing a book's kind of a, kind of a, a, a hard, hard goal to have for sure. Uh, you, you have me laughing right now because I gave a keynote yesterday and uh, <laughs> someone came up to me afterwards and, you know, one of the best, one of the best comments you can get. And it, it, it's one of those comments that can um, make you feel good, but it also kind of pisses you off. It's like, wow, I'm just blown away how you come up with all, come up with all that on the spot. 
right exactly in my brain i'm like bro you have you should have saw me last night in the hotel room right rehearsing and you should have seen the years of work that i've done but the the compliment is that it feels so natural right it feels so natural that it sounds like you're saying it for the very first time right Right. but that takes so much you know we have speakers in this group it takes so much work to get to that point where it doesn't sound like some rehearsed speech it sounds like you're saying it for the very first time for sure Um, but a lot of people there's a variety of things they want to finish. You know, I talk a lot about this whole, how many apps do you have open in your life? And the more apps that you have open, that takes a bandwidth, that takes a RAM. And worst case scenario, if you have too many apps open, it, it can lead to a crash, of course, and nothing getting done. So what would you say to folks that, how do they handle too many options or, or too many choices being available in their life? Yeah, uh, I mean, we all suffer from that, right? There's a zillion one things we want to do I think at times we have to realize that, again, thinking of excuses, right? I don't have enough time. I can't decide. It's actually hiding a fear, this fear of I don't want to choose the wrong thing, right? I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to look like a fool. So why don't I start messing around with this? Uh, But then I might want to do that. Well, the reason we changed directions, because there was a moment of discomfort there. There was a moment of like, ooh, we we might be seen right now. Or I might have to go back on my word. I told people that I wanted to do this. And now that I'm going to change directions. So I think the, the too many app things you have to realize, I remember my father telling me I had a very, very important decision to make. Actually, it was right after when I had lost my job in 2007, 2008. And I was thinking of which directions I wanted to go. My dad is the wisest man I ever met. And I couldn't decide. I couldn't figure out which one I, which one I should do. And so he said, all right, defend choice A. And I told him my rationale for choice A. And he said, all right, how about choice B? And I gave him my rationale. And he went, I don't know. He said, just choose one. And I'm like, dad, what kind of advice is that? He's like, who knows? Nobody knows. But he says, you, whatever choice you make is the right decision because you made it with the best information you had at the time, right? And if you go down that route and it doesn't work, what he said is you are not allowed to say, I knew it. I should have chose the other thing. He says, no, 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 no. That's an imaginary world now. You could have been dead if you chose that other thing. So I think it's giving ourselves credit and saying, look, I don't know if this is going to work out but I have to get to the point of the next decision. That might mean 10 hours of work or 30 hours of work or 50 hours of work, whatever it is. Allow yourself to commit to a time invested before you start checking in with yourself. We all hit checkpoints, right? And so I think for a lot of us, it's like we put in two or three hours or four hours, or we don't get to that point of like real reflection and be like, huh, I feel like I put in a decent amount of work that I've earned the right to reflect on do I want to continue sticking with this? And if I don't, why not? So there's a lot of people I've coached and, and, and students I've had where I was like, you haven't earned the moment of quitting yet. You haven't got there. Like you're, you're wasting my time, your time. You're running, a, a, at least run 400 meters, get back to the starting point. You're quitting 200 meters in and now someone's got to go fetch you on the other side of the track. Come on, man, at least do a lap. If you can't run a lap in the thing you're trying to do, then, then you're kind of, you know, you're not taking your own self seriously. So I think it's that we, the point isn't to make the right decision. The point is, is to get to a new decision. And that's, what we have to remind ourselves, there is no right decision. You just have to get to the point of new decisions. And I know, for instance, on the Mongol rally, one thing that I learned, especially there is new is exhausting. And we forget that. So in our world, we think I want to write a book and, and yeah, I just need to find the time. What we don't, realizes three hours in, we realize our argument is complete crap and we don't know what we're talking about. And it's that moment that's exhausting. And it's that moment that takes 60, 90, 120 minutes to rethink, okay, what, what did we, 
What do we want to do on the Mongol rally? New languages, new borders, new people every day. And it was so exhausting. And I realized that I was like, oh yeah, and getting things done. It is so tiring when we get to a point that we couldn't have prepared for because now we need to reflect and oh, I have to reassess. My original goal is and doesn't look like it is. Yeah, that's life. And so uh, giving ourselves a some some grace and being kind to ourselves, be like, all right, I, I should take some time and reflect here. But it's like you got to do a lap. So the long long way to say it, there is no right project to choose. I think it's are you willing to put in a shift? Are you willing to put in an hour a day for thirty days on something? That that's what I would say. You want to rule a thumb? One hour a day for thirty days. If you put in thirty hours, and I mean uninterrupted verbs here. I don't mean you wrote for an hour and for 45 of them you were texting and, and booking a flight on kayak. I mean, you wrote and dedicated. If you do something for 30 hours, I would say you've earned the chance to say, all right, how do I feel about this now? Do I need to change directions? Oh, that, that's good to hear. I, li I like the idea of getting to the next decision, like making the decision to get to the next decision. And it's interesting. You saw my um, the, the decision maker tool I have for making Absolutely, your next yeah. career decision. And someone just reached out to me and it was, it, it was the best news for them. They're like, the decision I thought I wanted to make, I gave myself a month to work on the side hustle, the side project I wanted to work on. Exactly what you said. I put a couple hours in a day, hour a day. And after a month, I realized I didn't like it. I, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But that was like a victory for That's me. That's a win. That's that a was win a 10 win. times out of 10. That's a win. That, it was a win. I realized I actually don't want to pursue that. I don't want to do it. I think we forget sometimes by putting that energy, that effort in that the hour a day you mentioned for 30 days, what a gift it is to us to, to learn yeah, what we and, don't want to do. And I think I want to add on to that. It's like what that person did, what that individual did is allow themselves to be a scientist of their own life, right? Run an experiment. You are not an oracle. I think we think because we're adults, we should be able to figure it out. No, we're just adult children. We have no clue what to do. Yeah, we, we have a little bit more wisdom than we had when we were kids, but we, we don't always know. And that's okay. Like be the scientist of your own life, go out and figure out, wow, it, it, I, I thought I was going to, you know, when I mixed, when I mixed chemicals A and B, I thought C was going to happen. Oh, well, D happened. You don't go, oh man, I'm such an idiot. H how could I not have seen that? What do you mean? How could, it was an experiment. You didn't know you had a hypothesis, but we blame ourselves, right? We think like, oh, but I should know. I'm telling you, you don't know. You don't know. You got to You got to just test. Yeah. You have inklings. You have, you have some curiosity. And it's in the doing, it's in the 30 hours that you figure out like, all right, let, let, let's see if this is true. As you were saying, you don't know. I'm just imagining a conversation between George Costanza and Seinfeld and like George saying, I know, I know for sure. And Jerry's like, no, yeah. you, you no. don't know. No, George, no. you don't know. <laughs> no, I, I know Jerry. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me do one last question. And if anyone uh, here uh, at Allies of Glory has a question, which I know you do, let, let, let's get to some of those. You mentioned this, I think about when you said you read that, that border and you're trying to get into Russia. And if I recall correctly from the book, you were not able to get to, you weren't able to drive through Russia, correct? We, no, we were able to cross that border eventually. Okay, uh, we were here's my to. question. Yeah. Let's say you weren't, you weren't able to drive through Russia, but yeah. the question is to your point. So people start putting in that hour a day. Yeah. And as they put in the hour a day, you, you're, you write fiction as well. Like I write fiction periodically mm -hmm. as well. Many people don't see that. But one thing that's amazing about writing fiction or even any type of project is where you start, you never know where it's going to go. Right. Whether that's a screenplay, a fiction book, or even, you know, your own project, you never know where it's going to go, which is kind of exciting. So the question I have for you is when someone does begin an endeavor, something they want to finish, how do they deal 
what can be challenging sometimes that things change after they start. It's no longer right what they thought it was going to be or what they said what they set out totally. to do. It's something totally, totally different. It, it reminds me of you know when we started the Mongol rally before the rally. It was I I am going to right. I want to drive from London to Ulan Bator, Mongolia. That was that was my goal. I have to get to Ulan Bator. As soon as the rally started, our goals completely changed. It was eat and move east, right? Mongolia had no bearing on what we had to do in like any given day. And then so it almost like it wasn't helpful to think, oh my God, we're 9,500 miles away from our goal. What are we doing, right? It was just like, we got to get to Amsterdam, right? We got to get to Berlin. We got to get to Prague. It was just like, let's just shrink the change and, and focus on what we have to do. And then I would say, I'm going to, my metaphor will make sense in a second is like, then you get to like Istanbul, right? Or we got to Turkmenistan and it was like, all right, we've earned the right to ask the question, do we still want to get to, to Mongolia, right? It's kind of like, all right, we've been at this for a while. It's hot as hell. Like we have no air conditioning. We've, you know, all the things that end up happening. So I think what I, I, would, I would say is this, there, there's a couple questions that I ask myself halfway through a creative project when you're in the no man's land, right? You're in the doldrums in the middle. You're not close to where you started. You're not near the finish line yet. Let's call it a book half written, right? We're all there. So, that, so a couple of questions that I ask myself is, would I even want my original goal if I could still do it? And that is an important question because what we typically do is, a lot of us, myself included, is we continue doing something because we wanted it once, right? I always tell people, did you always want to be an astronaut or did you want to be an astronaut when you were a kid? It's totally different right? Yeah, you wanted it as a kid because you didn't know what the hell it entailed. So yeah, that sounded fun to go into space. But once you learned what it entailed, you might not want it anymore and that's okay. So I think it's telling ourselves, just because I wanted to write a book doesn't mean I have to. And that's a really hard thing for all of us to swallow, but I'm going to say it again. Just because I wanted to write a book doesn't mean I have to. And so what sometimes, like Antonio was talking about, the person who realized after putting in a little bit amount of work I think they realize like, yo, secretly, I don't actually want to write this book. I think what we fear is what are our friends going to say? Because we all told them we're writing a book. And now we're going to say we did. Are they going to think I quit? Am I going to think I quit? Am I going to think less of me? Are my friends going to think less of me? I should just finish it because I always quit things. Like I said, you have to earn the right to quit. You have to do a couple laps. So halfway there, number one is, do I even still want to do this? And you're allowed to say no. Let me just say that. You're allowed to say no. I don't want to write this book. This is making me miserable. You're doing, you're doing nobody a favor. Next question would be is, all right, what about would, would using a skill that you got doing, doing the particular thing lead to something else tangentially? For instance, you realize you didn't want to write a book, but what you like writing is essays, right? You, you like writing short stories. You like writing kind of like beginning, middle, ends, these short things, and you, and you want to have a medium post. You like the creative art of writing stories. Okay, write a short story, right? Or have you learned that, you know what, Basan? I don't want to write a book. I don't want to write short stories. I like writing an hour a day for myself. Great. So I think what we have to, we have to remind ourselves is like, when we get to that checkpoints, that quit or stick checkpoint, I would say never quit in a, in a panic, number one. Never quit on like a bad day. And never make, it, never make an important decision, drunk, tired, hungry, or horny. I'd say that, right? When you're about ready to quit something, get some sleep, get some rest, get a glass of water, go for a walk, clear your head. And then ask yourself, like, do I still want that original thing, right? 
or what about this? What about this? This tangential thing. I've learned so much about doing it. I don't want to get to Mongolia, right? I want to go to Oslo, or I want to go to Cairo, or wh whatever that is in our stories. And that's my new. That's my new success. So, I think what you know, there is no exact math, right, to figuring out sh should I quit or stick. But I think some of those questions will help. And another important question is if you feel like you need to get there, I, Bassam, I need to write this book. You don't understand. When we say it like that, when we drop an octave and we grit our teeth, it means we're trying to prove something to somebody, somebody else. We're doing it for an extrinsic reason. And that we have to be really careful of. Make sure there is some sort of intrinsic driver there that you're like, no, I actually find value in this. I actually enjoy the process or you know, whatever that is. Because if you are truly only doing it for some extrinsic reason, an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, your mom, your sister, whatever, that's not a great reason, right? Because um, they're probably not looking anyway and they're probably not thinking about us in the first place. And, you, and we're wasting so much time and energy you know, on stuff that, that, that nobody cares about or is looking. So you better care about it. Assam always keeps it real because they're probably not looking or paying attention anyways, which is the truth. Nobody wakes up thinking about us. Very few people do. Yeah. Um, I love three things you said. And by the way, if you have questions, we're going to get to those questions right now. But, but three things you said, Bassam, that really stood out to me is one, shrink the change. I, I just love thinking about that image, shrink the change. We have to get from A to B, et cetera. What, what, hold on. What's the one? Uh, a, to is, Z is, a to Z is just A to B 26 times. How about that magic, right? A to Z is just A to B 26 times. I call it finding your Z. There is no Z. You have to find it. How you get there? A to B. And I like to say, what if A to B was an hour? What if 26 was days? Call it 30. Call it a month, right? What if one hour a day for 30 days? Go find a Z. Go find out. All right, here's what I thought. And you're like, oh, wow. Doesn't look like I thought it did. But really what we hate is the A to B. Basam, let me tell you about how steps M, N, and O are really co complex. What? You're at A. Don't talk to me about imaginary M, N, and O, why you can't start. You can't start because you're, you're afraid you don't have an idea that you care about. And you're going to find that out in 11 minutes as you write in your Google Doc. That's what we're afraid of. <laughs> Listen, man, you like just, I feel like I just got punched between my <laughs> eyes. And I know because, it, guys, it happens to me. There are things I think I want to write and I start writing. I was like, oh, that's why you've been ignoring this, Bazam, because you don't know what you're saying. There is no argument here. This is all trash. And that's the And then I got to sit for 28 minutes to be like, what am I trying to say here? Yeah, that those are those magic moments. Shrink the change. A to Z is A to B 26 times. I like earn the right to quit. So beautiful. And a great reminder. And this this applies in all facets of life. Never quit on a bad day. Right. Those are those are the moments when we make the biggest mistakes. Never, especially when that emotion is high and going one way or another. These are these are all and, gems. And I, I just want to say, like, just like Rumo, I'm 42 years old. I have no idea what I'm doing to do with my life. I don't know what I want to be. I'm wrong all the time. But I'm like, what I do is I commit to today. Right. I commit to A to B's. And and all of a sudden people are like, Bassam, you're so prolific. You're able to write all stuff. I'm like, really? I actually don't think I'm that productive. I'm consistent and I'm intentional. And that I realized, I started realizing is way more than a lot of people can do. If you put it, I'm not kidding. You might laugh. You say 60 minutes a day. You're like, are you kidding me, Bassam? That's all. Yeah, because that's 30 hours a month. Uninterrupted, not messing around verbs. I'm telling you, you'll be 99% further than, than most people who are, who are just on an MCS or stairwell to nowhere. Yeah, yeah, listen, consistent and intentional. 
And Bassam is real deal about this. When he says 60 minutes a day uninterrupted, he means it. Like Bassam, he, he didn't share this, but, you know, we're, we're close friends, so I know all the behind-the-scenes magic. He tracks. He tracks his time. Like when he, when he finishes a book, when he finishes a project, when he finishes a course, matter of fact, I might put him on the spot right now to see if he remembers the number. He can tell you how many hours it took him in total to finish the project because he tracked it and he turns off all distractions, et cetera. Do you recall how long I it think, took you to do ready, I set, think, finish? I think ready, set, finish is like 383 hours, I think total. And that's from first idea to like, and I'm talking from the content management to put the videos together to the email funnels, everything. And I track how much I spent on each category and, and all that. I'm nuts about it, but what it does is it's a track record. Right. So the next time I want to put a course together, I know about how long it's going to take me. And that is gold. Right. Once you know how long something takes. It's easier then, Right. Like I know I can do about if I push it about three hours of creative writing a day after three. I'm, it's just it's just not good anymore. And so I'm like, some people might be able to do five. I can't. So if I get to three and I start getting frustrated, it's like, homeboy, you know, you can't you don't do more than three, like go for a walk, go for a run, like you've done it. And so I think, I think that's also something is like, we should be doing less than we're capable of prove to ourselves. We can do something repeatedly before we're like, you know, some people on, on new year's day are like, I'm going to work out five days a week. Why you haven't worked out one day a week. Why do you think on this random day in the middle of winter, you're going to start working out five days a week. And they realize on January 22nd, yeah, there was no reason. And this is really hard. And so they think they're a failure if they drop to three days a week. No, start with one. Like you can't run a marathon until you go jogging a couple of times. So, yeah. 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 Uh, you, I know, never, I'll never forget when you told me uh, something to the tune of it always takes longer than you think it will, which yeah. is a, which is an excellent reminder for all of us. And we don't know that until we truly, truly track how we, how we spend our time. And it's time. because of those new decisions that you can't see coming that you're like, oh man, I didn't think of that. Right. And oh, I got to OK, I got to spend time on this new thing I didn't prepare for. So there you go. So you got permission from Basam to do less than you're capable of, but be consistent. Repeatedly. Do repeatedly. Less than you can, yeah. Do less than you're capable of repeatedly. Be consistent and intentional. <laughs> I want to open it up to the allies for questions. Yo, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I love the conversation with Bassam. The questions that the allies asked of Bassam like for the next hour after that were phenomenal. People had some real-time breakthroughs and made real progress right there talking directly to him. If you want more information on Allies of Glory, head on over to alliesofglory.com. That link is in the show notes. Uh, there's also more information on Bassam in the show notes as well. I appreciate you. I thank you for listening to this episode. And remember that no matter where you stand today, your story isn't over yet. The best is ahead. And before I get out of here, hey, if you haven't left a review just yet or a rating for the podcast, do that right now. And if there's someone in your life that you know would get real value out of this episode, share it with them right now. Thank you. I appreciate you.